What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 42, today with my guest Kevin Sullivan, formerly known as Kevin Sullivan and the Caffeine Rush, now just going by the Caffeine Rush. His links are listed below in the description of this podcast. His song, Looking Back, is featured on this episode. Uh, You should be able to find it wherever you listen to music or add it to your own playlist on Spotify if you like it. Uh, Kevin's got plenty of stuff going on in his world. He's even got a podcast to go along with the band. It's called uh, Caffeine and Self-Esteem. You can check it out. Uh, Me personally, I got uh, some new audio software, which I think has improved the quality overall but uh there's still a few quirks to work out i think there's a little echo on this one that i wasn't quite able to eradicate but uh anyway hopefully it sounds all right uh last thing of note uh my band the hollow truths is releasing a new music video called algorithm it's all about ai and uh should be super weird um other than that if you're in a band and you got any music coming out, uh, feel free to hit me up. We might be able to do an episode. But uh, anyway, without further ado, Kevin Sullivan of The Caffeine Rush. What's up, man? How's it going with you? Ah, chilling around. <laughs> yeah. Lazy cool. Sunday vibes. <laughs> yeah, man. I uh, usually am so lazy on Sunday that I don't even do this sort of thing. But uh, I realize you got kids and stuff, right? Yes, I have yeah. a daughter. Yeah, my. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, you're fine. Oh yeah, just uh, yeah. Usually ever on Sunday, so usually do these in the evenings, but. Yeah. Uh, normally, if if I'm off on a Sunday, I'm just sitting around drinking beer and watching football or whatever sport might be on. Yes. So, um, but yeah, uh, welcome to what I now call the part-time Rockstar podcast. Awesome. Yes. And uh, I definitely feel I fit that description being a part-time yeah. Rockstar myself. No. <laughs> yeah, man. Um this is the podcast for the working musician. Yes. So uh, I felt like there was a, a void maybe in the podcast world for that, or at least in the DMV area. So. Right, because I feel like there's a lot of a lot of people that are either they're either all in musicians all the time, or a lot of us that are just like the in between. So yeah, no, that's a I, yeah. I like the concept definitely. Right on. And uh, suddenly, I just figured out how to correct the echo in my headphones. So oh. that's why I was talking so slow, is because <laughs> because of the echo. I just got this new software, and it's really improved the uh, audio quality. It's just that I haven't quite figured out all the little idiosyncrasies. Oh, yeah, no. And I Believe left my me. headphones <laughs> at work, my normal headphones at work. So that was what I was trying to figure out a second ago. Gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, but I think I got it all working now. I think it's all recording. And um, I know you run your own podcast. 
Uh, yes, we just started. Well, we started one in quarantine, Same. and um, my my band is uh, my band is the Caffeine Rush, uh, formerly known as Kevin Sullivan and the Caffeine Rush. But we yeah. just took my name off of it as just it's more of a band collective now. I'd rather it just be the Caffeine Rush at the end of the day. Yeah. Um. So, uh, we started it as just like a way to keep contact with our fellow musicians. So we originally were calling the first run of the podcast "Caffeine and Quarantine." Nice. Um, and uh, then you know, as time went on, and I I went back to work and everything, and got myself another job. Um, then our new run of the podcast, like I wanted the caffeine element, but I wanted it to be more about kind of inspirational stuff so that's why the new run of the podcast which is actually now available on like all streaming whereas before the other one was just on youtube is now called caffeine and self-esteem nice for some reason so. i also came to mind is like you could also call one like caffe- caffeine nicotine and green <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure that's out there too <laughs> well um, jake jake is the one that knows about the green i don't know <laughs> yeah um but yeah, I, I feel like uh, we've crossed paths once or twice, but haven't really had a chance to, you know, kind of talk and whatnot um, kind of over the over the past couple of years, because um, we definitely played Fishhead on the same bill before. Yes, I um, think multiple times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's kind of ironic that we need to do a video chat just to talk, but um, you, know, you know how things kind of go. You don't always have the most time in the world when you got to break down your gear and set up and all that yes um that's definitely something for me is like i think that uh, and this is probably a mistake on my end is that you know i was so keen to get there set up get my yeah. equipment off that i don't always take the time to like you know hang out with the other bands playing so and again probably my own fault for doing that but i think i was so like stressed out about the little things and it's like yeah <laughs> it is funny, and I, I will say it probably was your fault, because um, to be honest, like I do try to at least make an effort to talk to whoever I'm playing with, but I'm usually the guy that's just sitting at the bar, and like, right. <laughs> everybody else is running around with like chicken with their head cut off or something. Oh, like, yeah. I, I don't really want to bother them if, if they're busy you know, doing their thing. And as you know, we all have our own possible group of friends or whatever that might come to a show, and so usually you're busy kind of talking oh, yeah. to them oh absolutely well and and again that's something that i definitely um you know this time has given us some real serious time to reflect on on that and so that's something for the future that i want to you know i want to be hanging out with the other bands more and not so stressed about the little things because in the greater scheme of things it's a show it's supposed yeah. to be fun you know not supposed to be like stressed out as all get out you know well i find uh, at least personally if you're playing at least i don't know a couple times a month maybe you know a little more then uh you do get into like a little bit of a groove more whereas when yes. you play like one show every blue moon or something as us part-time rock stars might do yes then <laughs> then you could stress yourself out a little more because you're like ah shit i haven't played in a while i forget how to set up my pedal board or you know whatever right. it might be but when you're in a kind of a, a groove and you're used to playing at least you know, a few times a month and just kind of getting in and getting comfortable. I know, I know at least personally, I, I found that's what really, really helps. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's great advice. And I definitely want to, again, get more into that groove, but, um, definitely, uh, 
feeling feeling way more the part-time aspect of things um, because uh, as of July, not only did I go back to work, but I also started doing uh, night classes to get my CDL nice. uh, so, so I can you know do some regional truck driving and stuff and That's actually awesome. make a living. But <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I usually do kind of get into people's occupations if they're interested in talking about it. I mean, myself, I work for the fire department, so my schedule is kind of all over the place. But on the flip side, you know, when I'm off, I do get, you know, nice little chunks of time where I can work on stuff and get out and about. And I also don't have any progeny yet. So, uh, you know, I have a little bit more free time than I I imagine you might. But we can talk about kind of either how you balance family life or work or both. I I don't know. Well, uh, I I usually have my daughter on the weekends. um, So for the majority of the week, you know, it's, it's kind of the run to work, run to school. Um, but I usually try to at least take a little time in the day to like, if I can, I'll, you know, my guitar hangs on the wall over there and I just yeah. I'll take it down for like, even if I get like 15 minutes, I'll just try to, you know, I, and I've also found that by doing that, um, and then going to school, cause I'm like, like learning to shift in the truck and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, it's like 18 um, years or whatever. Right. <laughs> Yeah, 10 in these ones, but some of them have, like, up to 18. But it's one of those things where it's, like, um, I played for 15 minutes, then went to school, and I was so much more, like, chill in the truck by doing that, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Which is awesome. I was, like, so, I was, like, he's, like, and one of my instructors was, like, yeah, you need to play some music before you come to school, man. (laughs) Better off that way. Yeah, man, uh, balancing everything is is really integral in sort of getting that comfortability because um i mean we could also talk about just personal stuff how you sort of relax or i don't know de-stress as well Uh, i know for me personally if if i don't get to play and obviously the quarantine's been tough you feel a little more antsy i think yes i definitely agree there a little more nervous yeah, but I can do some stuff at home, and, you know, that's yeah. definitely significant. And then um, we did actually get to play our first show in forever um, last month at uh, McAvoy's in Parkville right on. Um, with the Harbor Boys. So that was oh, yeah. a really, really cool show. Yeah. And uh, so, and also just there was so much more gratitude to get back out there, you know. Oh, for sure. So. Yeah, I was trying to come out to that show. I just, I think I had to work. But, um, well, also the venue got changed at the last minute because yeah. it was originally supposed to be at Zen West, and then there was reports that somebody in the kitchen was in the hospital, so they didn't want to risk sending anybody sending yeah. anybody to the bar. So then they turned around and they were like, "Well, we can't do it here." And Nick Ellison, big shout out to him, he actually managed to get us in at McAvoy's the same nice. night, which is like unheard of. <laughs> yeah, that's so. Cool. I mean, these are very trying times, and you know. There's a lot of arguments surrounding whether people should play shows or how they should play shows if they do. And, you know, I get it. I've generally tried to avoid the whole thing in some ways and just kind of, I've been, you know, recording more and obviously working on this podcast as well, which has been really fun and kind of rewarding in its own way. Absolutely. I I think I took a little time to listen to uh, one of your newest singles, the one with, um, the aerial shots going into Baltimore. What, yeah. what was that single? 
Um, I think that song was My Ambition. Yes, that's and, it. That's uh, it. Yeah. The one that's been crushing it for us lately is uh, Dispensary Kid. If you had, okay. <laughs> had a chance to listen to that one. I was um, actually pull I did uh, pull up your Spotify. I like to do that on I like to do that on our podcast to kind of like yeah. look at like what the not really the numbers per se, but I just like to look like yeah, um, currently oh, well, uh, I have currently, no numbers, but currently Dispensary Kid on your guys has over a thousand plays, so Does it really? Yeah, you guys are killing it. <laughs> I didn't even know that. That's the first time I've ever gotten a thousand plays on anything. All I knew was in the first week it got like a hundred plays, I think. And I was like that never happens. Yeah, <laughs> so that's awesome. Maybe the bots got a hold of it. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea, man. Um, Hopefully it's well, real and, people. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. uh, I think one of the reasons I wanted to come on too was uh, to talk about, because we just released our first single under the Caffeine Rush name on uh, this Friday, actually. We released it. It's called Looking Back. Yeah. So I'm familiar kind of with your old catalog, and I actually didn't realize then that you're, because the name change, it maybe doesn't sync up in the way on Spotify. Like, um, yeah. So for <laughs> listeners here, that's probably a good thing to know, is that if you search Kevin Sullivan, then you'll get the, the older stuff. And um, yeah, that's an interesting topic we get to discuss as well, because I don't know how that works when people do slightly change their name because it's i guess it's just a full-blown as far as spotify understands it it's a full-blown um band name change and i don't know if you could connect the two pages i don't know either because um so how we did it how i did it before and again the reason that it's kevin sullivan is because it was mostly me like and I was just kind of throw trying to throw together what musicians I could to record that album, the, right. the EP Daylight Rising, um, is under the Kevin Sullivan name again because I was trying to throw together who I could, and when we wound up putting it out, um, we did it through um, CD Baby for distribution. Yeah, I've done and, that before. And when that happened, um, it was under the uh, we recorded Rock Haven. Um, Rockhaven Studios and Rockhaven Records is what our label is under. And so we released it under the Rockhaven Records um, account. And uh, the guy we record with, um, he doesn't have access to, like, he has the access to the CD Baby, but not the Spotify aspect of it. Yeah. Um, so right now, we don't really know how to sync them up at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would, I would think there's a solution to that because um, I'm sure plenty of people have done it. And like in my own way, I'm, I've considered like because I've always kind of just been the, uh, the ringleader of the circus that I run. Yeah. It's like, should I just put my name on this and not call it a, a band name per se? Um, but I'm sure you've had the similar thought and clearly... I've kind of executed on that thought. Yeah, well, but in, uh, reverse order, I would, I would say. Yeah, because uh, I think a lot of people they start with the band and then they like add their name, but it's like yeah. I started with the name with the band because it was, at my thought process at the time was who I could get together to play the music with me, and then it was like, you know, over time it built up into this thing, and like now with our present lineup, it's like, I just feel like it's much more of a band project and a band creative process you know it's like i still write the majority of the songs and stuff but how jake and joe contribute musically is like 
really significant to the whole sound and all together, it's the caffeine rush more than just me, you know? So I, I like that vibe for it. And also, um, we, (laughs) there's a lot of Kevin Sullivan's out there and I've had my, I've had my plays like, or my songs like put under other artists. Like there's one Australian artist out of, um, like folk artist in Australia who like, my EP showed up under his name on Pandora or something like that, and so it's just been a mess. With yeah, that. I mean, <laughs> my I guess my band name. Um, there's a defunct band in uh, from Ireland that oh, really? is like I think it's Hollow Truth, um, and then mine's like the Hollow Truths or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I I just picked my band name because it's a uh, like an ode to my favorite songwriter, and I was just like, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> Cool. I didn't um, think it would even get this far necessarily. Anyway, so. isn't that the truth? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like, do yeah, it's like, how far does it go? But no, we've been doing this for two years now, and again, we just now decided like a month ago, and we were we announced it at that show that we are now um, just the Caffeine Rush, and yeah. uh, so, and in doing that, like we had recorded, looking back. Um, in like February, like January and February is when we like originally started working on it. And then, um, Alan on his end, uh, of rock Haven records, he's the one who was just kind of working through it recently. And he sent us like the take for it. And we're like, we could put that out as a single. That sounds great. We're happy yeah. with it, you know? So it, it's kind of been, you know, under these times we haven't gotten to actually officially record. So that's from then, and uh, we decided to put it out, and uh, yeah, we're really happy with it. So it's it's exciting. Yeah, man. Well, let's talk about kind of your stuff, your influences. I mean, um, at least of the stuff that I'm familiar with that you've done. Um, you remember that band uh, American Hi-Fi, like that Flavor of the Week song? She paints her nails and she don't know. I think so, <laughs> Best yeah. friend on the phone or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like that band in particular reminds me. Uh, I feel like that guy has a similar voice to yours too because I've listened to some of their stuff acoustically as well. So like, I figured I could talk to you about some of those 90s bands and I, I realized maybe not that one but because I'm in the same sort of boat. Where, you know, we're about the same age probably and like, yeah. I always, always kind of aspire to write those fun storytelling '90s type songs. I was I gonna say I definitely get a '90s vibe from you guys, definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I love and I have so much influence from that era. Like, I really like um, this is like venturing into the, um, you know, into the kind of early 2000s and stuff. But I really love Three Doors Down. Oh, yeah. A lot of those, like, they got that southern rock you know, kind of influence. And yeah. so it inspires a lot of like kind of storytelling songs like, um, like, um, be like that is a very, oh, like, it's like very acoustic but it's like, it's got that kind of like story vibe, you know, yeah, it's I, like, it's funny you mentioned them because I think we all have like maybe those one or two or three songs that like we look up to and like, man, if I could write a song like that, and uh, be like that's a great one. And uh, be like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always think Kryptonite's just one of those songs. Like when it comes on, and I can probably still remember like the first couple times I heard it as a kid. I was like, 
man, there's just something, oh, yeah. there's something there that I wish, you know, or at least I aspire to capture maybe one day. Yeah, when I first, I, I remember feeling the same way. It's like when I first heard it, I was like, damn, that's a, yeah. that's a song right there. That yeah. is so good. Like, what is that? You know? Um, and my childhood best friend, his mom introduced that guy to his, uh, his current wife or the wife at the time. I don't know if they're still married, Holy but they're, uh, awesome. she's from the Eastern shore. So that's Fantastic. how, that, that's how they, uh, got together, I guess. But well, that's awesome. So. They, they also have like a lot of people don't like follow their kind of newer stuff. Um, there's one song in particular by them called uh, Landing in London. It is yeah. like such a like killer ballad, like rock vibe yeah. song that a lot of people don't even know. But other influences, I mean, um, this track uh, in particular, like I love the Beatles so much. Um, and my parents really got me into like from a young age, like the Beach Boys, the Beatles, Herman's Hermits, you know, like that yeah. kind of like like British like invasion, you know, rock yeah. vibe. And uh this particular song, looking back, uh, I just had somebody say like it's got kind of a Beatles vibe to it, you know. So yeah. that, so if somebody says that, that feels really good, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like uh, your stuff's pretty close to a lot of those '90s type songs. And uh, yeah. I apologize, I didn't find the new one, but I uh, certainly can include it on this episode and oh yeah, um, that... kind of promote it that way. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, it's. Um... Let's see, where's it at? I'll find it, or you can send it to me, and um, you know, it'll be on here. Absolutely, fantastic. So yeah, it's. Um, but yeah, I always like those types of bands. You know, Everclear, Social Distortion, Better Than Ezra, or like those kind of. Yeah. Slightly less popular. Well, I mean, they were extremely popular at the time, but I, I don't know. It's not like there's currently really still doing things that people follow i guess right unless right. you're kind of one of the hardcore fans which you know some people are some people aren't i don't know right um well i also um i got to see uh i got to see three doors now with collective soul oh, collective that's a soul band. collective soul is just awesome because they they actually have a lot of acoustic influences with it and it's like a lot of what we do like um, I've gotten into just bringing my uh, bringing my acoustic, and I'll play part of the set acoustic, part of it with an electric. You know, yeah. and it's I like because I, I I do a little bit of both. Soul. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yes. I have a funny wow. anecdote about the current state of that band's guitar player. And, okay. Uh, maybe I shouldn't even put it out like on the internet <laughs> because it's arguably hearsay. But my uh, studio engineer was down in Nashville at another studio hanging out. And uh, turns out <laughs> that Collective Soul's uh, guitar player is kind of like the whipping boy of this guy named Jacob Bryant, who's like this outlaw country star. Okay. And what's funny about this story is my buddy's down there hanging out in the studio in Nashville, and this drunk country guy's recording his song and just berating and yelling at this guy who's Damn. just kind of around in the studio. He's like, Go get me another six pack, Johnny. Or whatever his name is. <laughs> like, I can't get through this session unless I'm 12 beers deep. Or something Damn. like that. And so everybody's just kind of like, kind of maybe feels bad in the studio apparently for this guy. And, they don't, and obviously my friend didn't know anybody other than the person he knew. And yeah. uh, he like later Googles it and he's like, 
That was the lead guitar player of Collective Soul. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's just getting harassed by this like outlaw country guy who was just that, drunk out of his mind. So it's I probably guess, just humoring him. Like it wasn't even probably like I would imagine it wasn't even like that. It was probably just like he's just like humoring the guy, like, all right, the guy's drunk, I'll just fucking do it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but the way my friend described it, he was like, damn, it's funny how, how far the fall can be sometimes. Damn. And this, again, might not be true, and I don't even know if I should include this in the episode, because somebody might get mad or something, but I, uh, that's just what I've heard. And I love Collective Soul, so I was just like, that's interesting to hear. Um, Man, that's crazy. Um, well, when I saw them... Um, it was at Pier 6, I guess they now call it the MeQ Pavilion. Yeah. Um, Pier and 6. what was, uh, yeah, what they, uh, what they also, they, um, they played this one song, and I'm, I don't remember exactly which one offhand, but um, the very, very end of, um, I was like, uh, the uh, something to run. Um, Born to run? No, 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 no. It was <laughs> like, um, uh, any, anyway, they uh, they at one point it was just the lead singer with his acoustic, and all four members of the band, or five, four or five, went to like the back corner of the stage, and they just kept doing the line over and over and over again, and they were all just like in a circle, like clapping, yeah. like at the back of the stage. I was like, that's hipster as fuck, but also so awesome. <laughs> like I love it. <laughs> yeah. Just... So like I don't know. What's your aspiration, I guess, in in playing music? And that might be extremely broad, but I just mean like, I don't know. What are you guys trying to get going, momentum wise? Just kind of playing out a couple times a month, or? I mean, we'd like to. Um, we'd like to get to the point. Um, we're increasing our cover list because something that we want to do. We want to be able to play any kind of gig they throw at us, like. Whether yeah. it's like an original gig at Fishhead, like we've been doing, or a three-hour bar gig in Fell's Point, where we're playing a bunch of covers and stuff like yeah. that, like where they're just like, like people are there, they're dancing the night away, and they're just like, "Hey, that band was awesome! Like, who are those guys?" And you know, they just kind of keep a tab on us, you know, yeah. like that that kind of vibe, and just work our way up from there, and just gain a following, you know. Um, I don't know, you know. It would be awesome to say, like, oh, I'd like to be, you know, touring in the next five years. But it's like, I don't know that that's a realistic goal. So I'd rather just kind of play it by ear and continue to do what we're doing. Um, we definitely plan to start recording again. We'd like to put out uh, three songs by, like, springtime going into summer. Yeah. Uh, start recording and working on them. And uh, so it should be a it should be a fun time. And then uh, we're definitely working our way up to an album itself again like with the band so very very rad um i mean there's a lot of things that i could say to that and i apologize if i'm talking too much because i obviously i'm trying to get you to talk it's your but, podcast uh, man i'm a, i'm just <laughs> I'm, I'm a guest so talk as little or as much as you want i can do the same um, <laughs> so but yeah, I like to think hopefully other musicians are listening to this when they do. And um, I think one of the things that, like you're saying, comes up a lot is how to balance the cover world and the original world. And some yeah. people are only in one and some people are in both. Usually I'm sort of oscillating between the two in mm -hmm. different bands, you know what I mean? Like 
I kind of, I always play covers in my original set, um, but I never do um, an original set that's longer than whatever it is, like an hour that you, original yeah. sets usually are. Uh, largely because I don't really consider myself like a singer in the classical way. Like I um, very much mm -hmm. love writing songs and all that, but I, more than anything, I just like playing lead guitar. So traditionally I try to get into a cover band here and there where like in the last one I was Slash in the Guns N' Roses cover band. Um, Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that way the lead singer can let it rip and I can just worry about playing guitar. Yeah. And in the cover sense, I can fill in and sing lead vocal on a, a few songs for a three hour set, you know, to help the lead singer out. And the question I was going to ask you is basically how confident do you feel like as a singer, you know, like, do, can you rip that three hour set with uh, trouble or do you feel like you need, you know, somebody else to step in there once in a while and kind of give you a, a breather? Right. Uh, so I actually feel the opposite. I would consider myself a singer first and right. a guitarist second. I love to play guitar. Don't get me wrong. But it's like um, we, rec we recently got to play a gig where um, at the McAvoy show, my lead guitarist is a huge John Mayer fan. And we played slow dancing in a burning room. And what was awesome about it was my lead guitarist was like, he's like, that song is so stripped down. Dude, if you just want to sing it, I'll play. Yeah. It. And I was like, fuck yeah i was like oh, yeah. and i and i leaped at the opportunity to just get out there and do just vocals and not have to worry about anything else and it's one of my favorite parts in recording um when we play it as, we play the song as a band and then we overdub the vocals and i love that part because i can just sit there and focus on singing my heart out you know and really yeah. giving it my all that's awesome so um, i can definitely do the three-hour gig because um i've already been doing a bunch of like acoustic bar gigs myself like just yeah. solo i'll do oh, okay, like then yeah you're good i'll do like a three-hour jimmy's uh famous seafood gig or a three-hour crab town set and then my buddy uh jason Gonnett, he often comes in and he'll uh hop in on the cajon and he'll throw some harmonies on there, there and stuff That's so we we have a fun time with that like and we'll play some like off the wall covers like, we'll do like kiss from a rose by yeah. seal we'll go yeah. to like you know um uh, I'll do some like Michelle Branch stuff. I love her. And then I'll even throw in some like InSync and other stuff like that. Just like, you know, and yeah. then I'll be playing Margaritaville for like, you know, the older folks. I like to kind of, I like to kind of mix it up and see, you know, give everybody the opportunity to hear something they like, you know? Yeah. I've sort of been branching out in that world a little acoustically as well. Like I like doing an acoustic cover of like Lil John. Yeah. It's pretty funny. No one sees it coming, but you know, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> a, little, a little three, six, nine. <laughs> Damn. <Yeah. you're> fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I love that. Um, um, and then, uh, we, uh, we usually end our sets with a uh, careless whisper, you nice. know? Yeah. I've, I've then, covered that one. Yeah. And then it's so funny cause, uh, my lead guitarist, he'll do the whole, like, um, like the Sax. saxophone yeah. riff, like on guitar. So that's so cool. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, we just, um, so, Yes, I could. I definitely would feel comfortable doing a three-hour gig like that. It's just musically, though, we haven't all like you know. And most of those gigs, I've got my tablet set up to where I'm like reading off the songs like that I want to play, and it's like it's almost like musician karaoke in a way because yeah. I've got like I've got the ultimate guitar sheets with like the lyrics and the chords over the yeah. notes that and the auto scroll. So I'm like 
learning songs on the fly right there but it's like um but with the band we definitely want to be a little more prepared you know yeah <laughs> so. no i i know what you mean there's a balance there too between like how much you're willing to sort of do on the fly and how much you're willing to kind of plan out and you know there, there's no right or wrong way oh yeah yeah one of the covers we're working our way up to is uh because um our lead guitarist joe is a huge uh pink floyd fan so we're working our way up to comfortably numb nice he can play it he can play every lick note and lead it's just i'm learning yeah. it, you know <laughs> one of my favorite ones to do um in the cover band is like toward the end of the night there's always a few songs everybody loves singing but a, a sneaky one uh, i feel like is underrated is uh, i used to start the third set acapella yeah and i would just slowly sing like without anyone really paying too much attention like and just go like sometimes i feel like i don't have a partner <laughs> yeah and just yeah, see yeah. if the bar would like start singing along and, i mean 99 percent of the time they're gonna start singing that one and so we get the whole bar like singing acapella and like i don't know it was just kind of beautiful in a way <laughs> like no I instruments like just kind of i don't know it's, it's fun when you find those little things that people gravitate towards Oh, yeah. Well, one thing I think uh, I do acoustically that I really think I should be doing with the band more is um, I'll do something similar with um, I do. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen Across the Universe, uh, the Beatles, like yeah, musical movie, great. but uh, I do um, All My Lovin' and I do that whole acapella. Close your eyes yeah. and I'll kiss you and just like <laughs> just go from there. And uh and it's so funny because I'll do that whole acapella, and by the end, everyone is like singing along in the vicinity. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I think you you got to try those out once in a while because, like, I don't know. Sometimes it clicks. Oh yeah, well that's what you were saying, like magical when like everybody can join in, and like that's that's the that's the music vibe that everybody strives for is just like getting everybody involved, singing along, and it becomes a community in that sense, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so like, who would you say were some of your big songwriting influences outside of like three doors down, maybe like, so uh, like, um, so I love Lincoln park, RIP Chester. Um, yeah. let's see. I love, um, well, like I said, the Beatles a lot, but, um, I love Elton John. I love, um, you know, his songwriting team cause it wasn't all him writing the songs, you know, but, uh, um, well, oh, I love, uh, I love some of those great '80s rock ballads, like Journey stuff. Like, uh, just I yeah. love, I love that vibe. And like, and um, you know, I would say, but you know, as much as influences are important, I also feel like you know I need to like I've kind of come up with my own method of writing, and a lot of that involves like, you know, writing lyrics down in notes on my phone or singing into voice memos. Yeah. And then I'll go from there and like put music to it and see how it's feeling. Right on. You know, so it's, uh, I have in no way perfected my process, but some of these, you know, technologies like that just make it a hell of a lot easier to write, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's amazing what you can do now and how convenient yes. it is. I mean, voice memos is great. Um, it's funny. I sadly only got halfway decent at GarageBand because of the podcast. Right. But I mean, <laughs> a nice little ancillary benefit is like now I'm halfway decent at recording demos. 
So, Fuck you know, yeah. last time I went in the studio, I was like, got a pretty polished demo here, you know, and it saves like a ton of time in the recording process once you do go to the studio. If yes. you can do stuff like that. Yeah, I was experimenting with GarageBand a bit during all of this as well. Um, recorded one song in there um, that I feel pretty good about demo-wise. Um, but, you know, just got to work up to... I'd like to work up to doing more, you know. And um, I currently live with my parents, you know. Um, yeah. But once I get into trucking and everything, I definitely plan to have, like, a studio kind of music space in whatever place I wind up getting. <laughs> Yeah, man, I think that would definitely be the dream. But what's cool is, you know, guys like Howie Spangler and, and stuff like that from Ballyhoo, like, they talk oh, yeah. about how, like, you just don't need all the fancy stuff. You really don't. Like, you can make things simple and, and get away with a lot now and and really, I don't know, perfect whatever it is you're trying to do, even on a, on a budget. Because yeah. the, the software and the gear is just so cheap now. Right, um, right, right. But... You know, when you do want to get down to business, you can't replace full-blown recording studio. You're just going to get a better outcome. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. Um, I was well, actually going to... Well, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say, um, at least, you know, um, Alan, the guy that we record with, doesn't always, like, with the pandemic stuff, doesn't feel comfortable having us over. But I said if I could find a place to just simply record because you mix and master, he's like, oh, yeah, heck, yeah, I can do that, you know? So that's always an option, too. Well, depending on uh, what your budget is like, I, I may or may not have a guy. So we could cool. potentially text afterward if you want. Fuck yeah. But um, yeah, everybody's a little different how they want to work these days and all that. Oh, yeah. Um, what are we going to ask? <laughs> yeah, given the times and all that. So Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting with trucking. Like, I, uh, there, I always have book recommendations, but like, there's one book. Maybe I shouldn't even recommend it because it's, I don't know, it's possible it could be perceived as pessimistic, but it's all about AI <laughs> and like how, you know, tr the trucking world, for instance, is an interesting occupation now because it's like, are, you know, the Bezos trucks going to take over that are just driven by AI or how's that going to play out, you know, in the upcoming decade? There's right. a lot of talk about that in the trucking union. And I know you're not really in the game yet, but I was curious if you heard any rumblings of that uh, or at all. All Everybody that I've talked to in the trucking field has all said across the board, like, it's not going anywhere. Like, yeah. AI can only do so much. Like, And it's getting better and better. So mm. I could predict within the next, you know, you know, with tesla doing what they're doing and stuff like that i can predict that within the next like maybe 40 years maybe they'll have something really yeah. good cooked but it's like there's so many safety factors there's so many you know yeah um you know so we'll see i don't i haven't heard anything on my end in what i've heard from you know trucking industry kind of vibe it's like it doesn't seem to be going anywhere but yeah it's it's always a possibility with technology who knows i'm uh Hopefully I won't be out of a job. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no, like I wasn't trying to be a downer, but I don't know. The, the book harps heavily on it. and uh, It's called um, Homo Deus by Yuval Noah Harari. And uh, I actually wrote a song about the book that's coming out in like a couple weeks. So I don't know. I'm just excited about that frontier. 
So, so like, you're you're promoting getting rid of my industry? Is that what you're doing? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, if anything, I think, uh, the, at least lyrically, what I'm trying to get at is like uh, we need to start talking about this stuff. We need to start addressing. I don't know how AI is gonna change the the job market. You know. Right. 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 Yeah, uh, for better well, like, or worse. I mean, you know, there's a lot of arguments that can be made. Oh yeah. Well, that's like self-checkout at the grocery stores. It's like for some in some ways it's like it saves you some time, but also it's like when you stop and think about it, it's like is this taking away work from other people, you know? Yeah. So I, and I don't know how I feel about that, you know. Now they got the checkout person that just kind of stands there and like monitors the whole thing. It's like I don't know, I guess that's better, but maybe it's the less job, so. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and then, like, um, well, I <laughs> I can't knock it because I love it so much. Like, yeah. with uh, with Easy Pass and stuff, oh, yeah, it's yeah. like, like now, you know, um, toll workers are kind of out of a job. Yeah, but I mean. Like, it's also safer because so many people have been, like, killed, like, you know, walking across, you know. It's like. So and I don't even know. pre-pandemic, when you uh, if you ever read how dirty physical cash is, there's a a lot of grime on those dollar bills usually. So um, yeah, I don't know. The optimistic side of it is you could argue that's like, well, some of these jobs are pretty mundane, and if there's a way that uh, still like if there's a way that the economy is able to function and we don't have to do these menial jobs anymore as humans. Right. Um, the argument arguably comes down to is where the money goes that's being made um, from those jobs that now don't exist. Like someone's still making a profit, but the question is, is like, are those people who don't have to do those jobs anymore benefiting in any way? You know, it's oh, like... Yeah. It's a tough, tough uh, conversation. I'm certainly not going to try to steer this conversation all the way down that <laughs> rabbit hole. But uh, anyway, I, I just with the CDL thing and with the truck driving thing, I, I kind of crossed my mind a little. Oh yeah. Um, well, again, it's it's all kind of up in the air. We don't, yeah. we don't have all the knowledge yet, but you know, it's it's definitely a possibility. But you know, we're going to hope for the best. Yeah. That's everything. Sure. <laughs> Can't replace the humans for for some things. There's just some things we're good at, for better or worse. Um, right. So let's get back to the music then, maybe. Yeah. Well, uh, I, uh, let me uh, let me ask something um, on the subject because uh, I I love. Uh, there's nothing more I get a kick out of. Like I may be more of a singer, but I love guitar. I, I love guitar playing, and I love guitars. Um, your uh, your Epiphone uh, <laughs> Semi Hollow Man is freaking oh. gorgeous. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, yeah, it's funny. A lot of people like comment on that or are surprised that I guess the tone that I get out of it because it's very distorted or, or whatever. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so I bought five of them, I think. Did uh, you? Over like the course of a year. And like I would just try them out. And I was like, I know I can get a certain tone out of this thing under high distortion without feedback. Yeah. But it takes the right guitar, man. I, mine's just a regular old Epiphone, uh, whatever. It's nothing fancy. It's five hundred bucks, but right. um, it sings, man. And I can't I, even Gibson's like, it's all the same process. Like I have to test them out and see which one will function. 
and occasionally I guess it's how it's wired or how it's put together like I, I don't know what it is it just every once in a while one of them will play well under distortion you get this big fat like tone it's very slashy but hell yeah kind of different too so yeah well, I mean, uh, s- some of the best, like, fusion players and otherwise have played semi-hollows over the years, you know? Yeah. And it's like, like, there's something to be said about them. I want one myself. <laughs> yeah. I actually like them because I wanted to play one because I'm tall. So it's just like, I want a big guitar that, like, I don't know, fills out how I look, I guess, maybe, where I play a yeah. Strat. I honestly, I think I look funny. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> it's just a small guitar. I used to play, like, oh, an S- SG or something, too. They're really small. And it's just like, uh I feel like I'm playing a ukulele up here. I need a, a bigger guitar. Oh my god, that's so funny. Um, I've actually, well, I had for a long time, I had a PRS SE Custom 24, and I loved it, but it was like, then I started getting into um, Telecasters. And yeah, then, I love and then those. They're so versatile mm. and so great, and it's like, the satin finish on the neck is so comfortable, and it's like I just was like, why didn't I ever try these before? Like it's such a simple design. You have a three-way switch with a volume and a tone, and it's just simple and easy, and it's right there, you know. Yeah, man. So, and I had a, I had one. Uh, my luthier made me a, um, a custom one, kind of, sort of, because he like he like carves out the body wood. And then he just, he's like certified by Fender. So like he has all the necks from Fender and stuff. Yeah. So the one that I have is a, um, like a carved out, um, uh, Telecaster with like, um, it's got that kind of like road worn kind of vibe a little bit to it, um, yeah. with, with like some metallic black on it. And then I put a pink, uh, pick guard and pink knobs on it for the caffeine rush vibe, the black and the pink for the oh. coffee shop kind of vibes. Yeah. So it's been uh it's been a great guitar and then um i just uh within a year of that i got myself a strat and uh my biggest problem with the strat was that because i'm more of an acoustic player at the end of the day my strumming i go diagonal and i would hit the switch because mm-hmm. the switch is at yeah. a diagonal point yeah, the same problem. but so let me tell you about a new product that they have out that i bought that works perfectly it's called the switch lock have you heard of this i have not Okay, so what you do is, it's so simple, but it's so brilliant. They have this little uh, plastic piece with little grooves in it. You literally just take up the one screw at the bottom. You put it, you put the switch, and then you remove your little, like, um, rubber switch tip. You take that off. You slide it over your switch tip. You then re-screw that screw back in, and all of a sudden, you're able to switch it to being able to be switched up and down or it has these little grooves these teeth that will hold the switch in place so that if you hit it it won't move that's awesome yeah yeah it's like a lifesaver it's like a i literally bought it for twelve dollars and they're uh they're trying to get the patent for it so they sent me this nice little box this little like uh with like a 15 percent off like coupon if i wanted to like tell it to a friend so like i i love that product so much and it's like I love playing my Strat now because it's it has such great tones in the neck pickup, you know? Yeah, man. Um, so. Give me 30 seconds real quick. You're fine. So, uh, I usually keep these things to like 45 to an hour. Yep, kinda, that's fine, man. Kind of wrap them up that way. And, uh, you know, um, I put like an intro in with, with your song and, and stuff like that, so... 
Um, usually I just kind of wind down with uh, shout outs and like, I don't know, different anecdotes that maybe you want to mention that um, I didn't touch on or just the generic, you know, what are you promoting to that sort of okay. thing. Well, uh, let's see. I definitely want to, you know, promote the new song, uh, Looking Back by The Caffeine Rush. And um, on our podcast, uh, Caffeine and Self-Esteem, I like to ask the artist, like, what's your best piece of, like, music, like, advice or wisdom that you've received or otherwise? So I can share that with you. Yeah, Um, that sounds awesome. I think that my, my biggest piece of music advice is keep at it it's a an ever-changing like process of staying motivated in it and sometimes you'll lose some motivation but if you can keep at it do some little playing every day even if it's for 15 minutes you know like keep yourself in it in some capacity and those times when you aren't motivated you'll they'll come around again and you're like I need to do something musical. I need to get back in this, you know? And it's like, so, and, and I think it's a good comparison to life is just in general, keep at it, keep at what you're doing. And, you know, you'll go as far as you want to go in it and up or down, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I know personally, like, I don't know how this is going to sound to say, but it's like, I can't not do it. Um, probably more so in a sense of like creative outlet. So maybe a, like a good way of phrasing it would be like, even if I didn't play music or something, I'd still want to, I don't know, do something creative, like, like writing or, or building something. You know what I mean? I feel like that's just yeah. like a primal urge or something. And uh, I feel like that's like the greatest sort of motivator in a way. Absolutely. I mean, and it keeps us motivated in life, doing right, something right. creative or, you know, pursuing a passion of some kind or another. It's great. Yeah, it's like actually going back to the cover versus original thing, like, I will say I feel more motivated in the day-to-day life surrounding original stuff, because it's personal, and it's creative, and it feels like you're kind of building something, and yeah. some, and as motivating as playing cover gigs is, and how much fun it is, I don't know if it's like motivating on a day-to-day sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, I can't I really that. think about a different way to play a John Mayer song, it's like, it's already been written. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm already going to play it the same way I always play it or whatever. Like with the original stuff, it can be like something more motivating where you're like thinking about it during the day. You're like, all right, I don't have a good song idea here or something, you know, like. Yeah. Right. Something, yeah. uh, something that I try to do with the covers that I do is um, I try to like check in on how I'm singing them. Like, like, if, like even like while I'm singing the song, like I'll yeah. be like, I'll try to take a listen out like kind of tune out for a second to just hear like am i singing this with my own voice or am i trying to sing it with like john mayer's voice right you know what i mean it's like so that's i think is the key to a cover is make I, it your own <laughs> that's a great point you bring up because like i know for me i love singing covers that i connect with the lyrics um because yeah. if i connect with the lyrics i'm gonna sing it like in my voice like whatever yes. it is you know what i mean if I'm just singing something, I don't really connect with the words. Like, then yeah, maybe I would try to sing it like the singer, but I just find mm-hmm. that kind of boring and stale anyway. So right, 
I probably wouldn't sing a song I don't connect with. <laughs> but I know like other cover singers sometimes they might get into that trap a little where they're singing so many different covers they might not always connect with the lyrics because maybe another band member wanted to like put the song in or something. So I think it's important as a singer to, to try to be able to connect with those lyrics because then you just stop thinking about how you sound really because you're just saying the words. True, true. No, that's that's definitely great advice. Um, yeah, so, and that would be kind of mine on it, uh, like my advice on, on doing those and stuff. But, um, yeah, uh, let's see. For, uh, anyway, the, the band is The Caffeine Rush again, and we just released our track Looking Back. Uh, Hell yeah. Our, our other music uh, is available on Spotify under Kevin Sullivan. Uh, the EP is Daylight Rising. And we've got about seven tracks on there. So um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram uh, as uh, myself as Kevin Sullivan's Music and the band under uh, Caffeine Rush Band on Instagram. Right on. And then on Facebook, we are, Jake usually says this, so <laughs> <laughs> on Facebook, we are under the Caffeine Rush. Right on. So. So yeah, wanna thank you so much for having me, man. Taking yeah, the time. Um, keep kicking ass with your podcast as well. Maybe we can do a, a collaborative thing or something. A crossover. So yeah, I want to thank Kevin for coming on and you for listening. Um, the song you're hearing in the background is newly released by Kevin's band Caffeine Rush. It's called Looking Back. You can check it out if you like it. And uh, other than that, yeah, have a good week.